the comic book pit. Okay. Welcome back to the Comic Book Pit. This is episode 357. I'm Dan, and with me today we've got Sean. Hello. Kate. Hey. And Link. Hello. And at the Comic Book Pit we read comics and watch stuff, usually but not always comic book related. And if we are, you know, here's a spoiler warning. If we're talking about any comics today, uh, we're a review show. So we, we take care not to give too much away about the books we read, but sometimes it happens. Uh, today, um, well, depending on, on, on time, we may or may not to get to any comic reviews because we have a, have a special guest with us this afternoon. Local artist, illustrator, designer, uh, Jessica Pena. Hey! Hey, Jess. <laughs> It's awesome to be talking with you guys. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for being here. And actually, it's you know, it, it, thank you for. Well, I should get back up a little bit. A couple weeks ago, after one of our episodes, uh, Jessica commented and asked if we were going to at some point talk about the current news about or you know the, the current goings on about sexual misconduct and grooming in the comic book industry. So. I thought it would be a good idea to have her on as an additional voice as a female comic book creator and someone who would have a, probably a deeper opinion or um, about this than, than some of us might. So uh, thank you again for, for being here to, to, to talk about this with us. Yeah, no, I'm glad I can. It definitely, it's a weird week for me to be talking about this actually. (laughs) Um, Just, just because of some things that happened on social media that sort of were pretty difficult for me. So it's kind of interesting how I'm talking about this today, but um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's not, it's not exactly the most like comfortable topic. I mean, I think it's definitely. Yeah. Well, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh no, go for it. It's, it's it's an uncomfortable topic to talk about for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Because, because uh, so many of us have, grown up with a lot of the, you know, the, the, the creators that have, that have created the things that we love that are now things are coming out about them that are just, I mean, they're ugly. Let's just say it. It's, it's, it's it's a very ugly situation and it's, it's difficult to wrap your head around sometimes that, that this is going on in, um, in the, in, in this industry, because you think, Oh, it's comic books. It's not like, you know, Harvey Weinstein and Hollywood where shady things are always happening and people are very vapid and shallow and you kind of expect Hollywood to be kind of scummy. Whereas, you know, comics, comic books to me have always been a little bit more wholesome as a form of entertainment. Well, I actually have a question for you guys. I'm very curious about this. So have you guys personally ever had an older female, maybe like twice your age, 
come up to you and say, like, I want to mentor you. Send me your work. I want to mentor you. I'm just curious if that's ever happened to any of you guys. Or Kate, if that's happened to you. Uh, no. Mm, no. No. Okay. I don't think so. No. I'm just curious because that has happened to me so many times. <laughs> and the majority of the times it's ended very traumatically. So it's like, um, I think... I think a lot of this has to do with this is happening everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, I had, I had a friend who asked me recently, he said, has it gotten better since me too? And I point blank said, no, it hasn't. And he was very like, why? Like, and so I was sitting there and I was like trying, you know, I wrote out this long email and I was like, okay, well, first off we have one of the most misogynistic people in the, in power, you know, Mm -hmm. our president is in power who basically said, you know, grab them by the pussy. Like Mm -hmm. that's who is at the top of, you know what I mean? Like in power, like, so you start as a woman who's been like, you know, sexually assaulted, harassed, molested, like I have been. So like me seeing that person in power and then it's like my, even my own father voted for him. So it's like, that's just one little tiny bit of it. But when it comes to the comic world, what I think people don't understand is that it is a very boys club mentality and I'm not saying like all the men do this, but like there is like, there's a lot of things that happen sort of in the community that have happened to me that have happened to other, like I know a lot of female creators and when we get together and we talk, it's like, we know who to stay away from and you hear the stories of what's actually happening within the community And it's happening right here in Pittsburgh. And it's really frustrating that like I left the community because, well, health issues. But the stuff that I experienced personally, like just shows me that there's not much of an understanding of like of like how to (laughs) how to talk to women sometimes. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, I think um, I'm glad I'm glad that the comics pledge came out. I think it's great. But I also think like that's like the tip of the iceberg to me. Like that's not even like for people to tweet that and like that's great and I'm glad they're doing it, but that's not enough. Like it has to be talked about. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, Sorry, that was a needs- lot. No, no, no. no, 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 no. <laughs> cool. I mean, a dialogue needs to be said. Uh, it kind of has been going on with like the whole race angle where people generally don't know how to talk about it. And- yes it kind of just keeps bubbling over funny enough when you were saying that whole um um when your friend asked you did has anything changed since the me too movement i was thinking to myself like i remember back uh in 2008 when <clears throat> when obama was elected and, and i think i kept seeing stuff on the internet like look racism's over i'm like man <laughs> <laughs> we did it <laughs> racism is not over like just because you have one black president doesn't necessarily mean that racism's over. If that was the truth, I think we, like honestly, you guys too. It's like the last like couple weeks, like seeing these things. Like I follow the girl who called out Warren Ellis, and the things people were saying to her, they were victim blaming her. They were mm-hmm. tearing her down. She had to take down her post. She didn't feel safe. Like this is the stuff that happens with these guys because they. 
if they have a creator they put on this pedestal and he's like this hero to them in this comic world mm -hmm. and you say anything that brings them down a peg like people attack and they attack in such a way that like if you have a trauma background it's terrifying and then it's like why would you want to go to a comic shop if you don't feel if you feel uncomfortable if you feel like the energy is misogynistic do you know what i mean like it's really mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, there are, there are comic book shops that even as that, that I've been to that as a man, I've felt uncomfortable. Holy shit. Really? <laughs> because of holy shit. Yeah. And it just, again, just because as a, um, as a, what I consider myself a reasonable person and a, yeah. a, a decent person. And I've been in some shops around some groups of people where I'm like, this is not right. You, you people, the way you're talking, the way you're acting, like no decent person would be coming in mm -hmm. here to shop. Like you should not be open to women, children, people of color. Like you should yeah. just not be open. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. <laughs> um, but yeah, there, I mean, it's, it, it's, you know, sad that, but you know, there, but what you said is true that there, there has been this, this whole boys club mentality and this, history of misogyny throughout the comic book industry going back uh since the beginning 60 70 years i mean i mean even as ba far back as you know Jul julia schwartz in 1944 taking the reins at dc comics i mean he there's this a uh, long history of of you know, his, his improprieties yeah. that only really came to light in the nineties. So we're talking over 50 years. Of and do you guys want to know why they don't come to light? Because I can explain it to you. Sure. Absolutely. Part, partly. Okay. The reason why this stuff doesn't come to light is first of all, a lot of the times the females that they pick are younger. The females that they pick are probably have trauma in their background. I'm not going to say all of them do, but when you have that power dynamic of this person who's well known, who is, you know, at the top of their field and they and they start giving someone attention and mentoring someone and then something happens that's like, you know, like traumatic. It's like no one wants to talk about that publicly because they know they're going to get blackballed from the because the comic world is so small. So it's like also like who wants to talk about that traumatic stuff until after you've processed it? You know, like it, it takes years to process this kind of stuff sometimes. Like, mm -hmm. like the book I'm working on, I'm working on a graphic memoir and it's literally the majority of the stuff happened to me 20 years ago. So it took me that long to be able to process what happened and be able to make work about it. So it's like, yeah, I think too of Trina Robbins. Do you guys know Trina, right? Mm -hmm. So I have been like talking with her recently about misogyny in the comics community because I want to create an anthology with um, local comic, like basically local comic artists. So people of color, like female cartoonists, um, anyone like basically about misogyny. And so I've been talking to her a lot about her experience with like that crew, you know, like Robert Crumb and, it's just this stuff's been going on forever, you know? Mm -hmm. She had some great advice for me, though. And, like, I appreciate her taking the time to, like, kind of help me with this. Kate, how do you feel about it? Um, 
it's complicated, definitely. Uh, also having a trauma background, uh, I actually didn't know we were talking about this today. You weren't paying attention to the messages at all. I wasn't paying all. attention to the messages oh, I'm so at sorry. all. I'm so sorry. This is what you get for ignoring group chat. I know, <laughs> I know. This is like, I'm like really getting back into the swing of uh, the network, so I've been letting a lot of things slide, and clearly that's on me. Okay, uh, HR is going to hear about this. <laughs> But um, if you don't feel comfortable talking about it, like, dude, I understand. Oh, no. Thank <laughs> you for giving me that. But um, no, I'm good. But as soon as you were talking about like victim blaming and misogyny, I know for myself, like the internalized misogyny, especially coming from women who are doing the victim blaming yes. is oftentimes more telling of where we are as yes. a culture and as a society, whether we're talking about the comic industry or uh, like the movie industry. I mean, it's just, it's very telling that it's a boys club and women are just trying to survive in it. But in doing so, they're allowing themselves to be gaslit by everything going on around them. Oh my God, you put that so beautifully. <laughs> wow. No, that is true because I, it's funny, like in this comic about misogyny, like I've had so much misogyny from other women too. Mm -hmm. It's not just men. And, like, yeah, it's not. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. And then to bring up um, with a lot of the people that are chosen as grooming victims from these big wigs, no matter the industry. <laughs> A lot of times they are essentially nobody. Not many people know who they are at the time. And that's on purpose because that way the person in power, typically a man, will then use their power to get whatever they want out of their victim. And it could take them years to, you said, like, to be able to process it, but also to feel to a point where anyone might even believe them. Exactly. And even though the parallel isn't the same, we saw that a lot with the Harvey Weinstein case, right? Like, Gwyneth Paltrow was afraid to speak out. Yeah. When everybody knew who she was from the moment she broke onto the scene because her parents were, like, gods in the entertainment industry. So if someone mm -hmm. that's essentially Hollywood royalty is afraid to speak out in that avenue, I can't personally imagine what it would be like to be a young comic creator and have that happen. And that's the that's the issue I have with it is because I personally know people who have left the comics community and who have stopped making work because of these types of things. And that's where it starts to get really personal with me, where mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, like, this has to be more of a conversation. And I'm kind of glad that this stuff is happening right now, because it sort of aligns with, you know, it's just, it's good to get this out and sort of discuss it. But it's, it's traumatic just discussing it, <laughs> to be honest, like, um, but yeah, wow, I love the way you put that. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> wow. I think awareness is definitely aside from you're right. A conversation like uh, honest, intelligent conversation has to take place. But you know, it, for me, me personally, like, and I, and you know, and maybe I speak for a you know a majority of of just decent, you know, uh, reasonable comic book fans, readers, collectors, whatever you want to call call our 
our group of people that aren't jerks. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> thank but, God for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I feel a sense of of guilt and remorse because these stories come out periodically about you know, and and let's you know, let's let's just say you know some of the people that have have been in the news recently, uh, Warren Ellis, Cameron Stewart, Scott Alley. You know, these are these are people that apparently have been exercising this predatory behavior and this these the sexual misconduct for years. I mean, I didn't realize that Scott Alley, you know, he was first reported on back in at least 2015. And Jesus. yeah, so things I think are just either buried or they just don't make the front page of, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the comics websites or periodicals that we peruse. But I don't, it, it, I feel like it's, there, there's gotta be a way for, for people to share this information with everyone and not feel like they're going to like, like repercussions or they're not yeah. you know, be afraid of it. Because, you know, when, when, when I hear about, you know, someone, you know, like a, a creator that I've, I'm a fan of, you know, Brian Wood, uh, Warren Ellis, Cameron Stewart, these guys. And then I, then I, re, you know, hear that, you know, I think, oh man, did this just happen recently? And then I read, oh no, <laughs> this has been happening for oh years and years and yeah. years. And, and there are people that are in the convention circuit that, that are, will come out and say, yeah, I knew about it. <gasps> Or you know, <laughs> I didn't say anything, and like that's, that's the most frustrating thing, you know, yeah. because, and I, 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 so as far as, you know, I, I haven't delved too deeply at this point, um, in in a lot of these stories. I just kind of scratched the surface because a lot of this stuff is pretty recent as far as coming out. Yeah, but like with Scott Alley, um, you know, Mike Mignola has come out public publicly and cut ties with with him as has, you know, dark horse comics. Oh, wow. But I, I think I read somewhere that, and I, again, this, this, I think was like, Twitter was a source. So take it with a grain of salt because it's not, you know, it's not the New York times. Um, <laughs> but that Mignola may have been aware of Scott Alley's behavior. So, if that's the case, you know, how far does this go down the rabbit hole? Like if you know, someone is a predator and you don't speak up, then that makes you also responsible. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like the whole, the, the whole thing going back years with Penn state with um, Sandusky, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. who, who was, you know, pr- preying on young boys and for the sake of the, of the football program, Apparently, you know, uh, Joe Paterno knew about it, but he turned a blind eye to it because it wasn't what was best for the football mm-hmm. program. And so that really cast a shadow on everything, on everyone's legacy. So if you extrapolate that to, to comics, you know, if, if, you're a, if you're a creator, if you're a Mike Mignola, and you know that someone that you've worked with for years, maybe oh he's the he's the best whatever editor, color colorist, inker I've ever worked with. Oh, also, but he likes to, you know, <laughs> he likes to grope women, but hey, he colors a hell of a comic. Like, 
you know, like how, how far, how far do we go with saying, why didn't you say something or why didn't you stop him? You know? Well, I think like, that's a good point, but I also think like, what's, what's important to focus on now is like, is, is helping women to understand too, like, I'm 40, I'm almost 40. So I feel like young women probably aren't, they probably don't have that much interest in what I have to say. But if I can like, like help them or like, at least warn one person about this sort of thing, like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like moving forward. It's like, well, how does it change? Like, and like, what are the things we can actually do to change that? And like, you know, the comics pledge, like all the things on here, it's like, how do we get people to like, actually take action with that and not just like post it. I think that's what's like, to me, what's really important is, is that. And also like, I want my, like, if I have a kid, if I have a daughter, like I want her to have fun at a comic fest. Like Mm -hmm. I don't want her to feel like, do you know what I mean? So it's like, Mm -hmm. it's hard because like, there's a part of me, like I, I stepped away from the comics community completely for many years because of like some health issues. And like, now I'm kind of like, waiting back in and then this kind of came out and I'm like (laughs) I'm like do I really and it's like yeah I do like I love comics so much I love reading them I love being around creators like Mm -hmm. I really do but like this coming out right now I'm just kind of like oh god (laughs) like I don't know Mm -hmm. makes me a little scared to be honest to kind of come back into into comics yeah Um, (laughs) so what is this comics pledge I'm sorry I I Oh, no worries. It's pretty new. Um, so it's called the comics pledge and it says, um, some, someone wrote it and it says men in comics say no. And there's, these are basically like the pledges to never abuse, harass, groom, or manipulate women. Like, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but basically if you type in comics pledge, you can find it and it's beautiful. Like whoever wrote it, like, it's really awesome. You know, it's a good stepping stone, I think. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, um, Jess, if, if if you could, just because this is, and again, this goes back to my own ignorance as a as a white male in the comic book industry who only knows comic books and doesn't really pay attention to much else, I guess, because um, I've I've never, I guess, either witnessed or or heard of this behavior. But maybe, so maybe you could, um, if you don't mind explaining if, if, if you think you have a good handle on it, um, what grooming is, because I've, I've since looked it up because I'm like, I've, I've, I've of course know that term in a general sense, but I've never heard it applied in this situation. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, let me start with, so how it's sort of how, at least in my experience, what's happened is you have sort of an older male who maybe he's a professor, maybe he's really well known in his field and he sort of singles you out and kind of says stuff like, oh, wow, like you're, you're mature for your age or wow, that's like just starts with like very basic kind of like, oh, like um, praise, let's say. Mm-hmm. And then slowly but surely it, it escalates and then it, and then slowly but surely turns into something sexual. And then you're sort of in this situation where you've put your trust in this person's hands and you're you're thinking like, okay, this person's safe. Like 
in my case, like this is a, you know, my friend's father. So like, of course he's not going to hurt me. Like he's a safe person. So just basically it's a way like they slowly kind of, it's almost like, do you ever hear like the thing with like the, the frog in the boiling water, how Mm -hmm. like they slowly turn it until it gets really hot. Right. Well, it's sort of like that. It's sort of like it's taking a young woman and sort of like shining the light on her and then basically taking something from her and then just like leaving her, dropping her like a sack of potatoes. Like, and at least in my experience, that's what has sort of happened to me. But I'm sure it's different for every person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, it's basically just winning over someone's trust. And acting like you're interested in their work and then turning it into something completely different, like turning it into something that's sexual, not necessarily, you know what I mean? So it mm-hmm. kind of, I think a lot of the times what they do, like what predators do is they also, if they're, you know, well-known or something, they'll say, well, maybe you can help me with this thing or, you know, like I'll give you opportunities. And like, that's, I think what's dangerous for young women um, is that they sort of, they're tr- like they're trusting this person, but it's like really you're being played, which is like right. so traumatic on so many levels. Um, yeah, so that's I mean, I can't speak for anybody else, but yeah, it's basically just starting out like just like seeing your work and sort of uh, but it can be in sort of any any sort of like. Uh, oh, gosh, sorry, I'm trailing off. That's OK. <laughs> Well, well, let me ask you this. So how how does someone in in a position like that, how do you because I, I mean, obviously not not everyone uh, who's in a position of power like that or in a position of authority or uh, is not everyone is 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 a predator like that. But, oh, God, you know, so, so how does uh, how does someone say, like, in your position or, or a female, you know, any other female creator like how do you like what kind of steps would you take to kind of uh, you know suss out like you know i mean it, or is it just more like you just got to go with your gut or you just kind of have to ask questions along the I way mean, I'll, like I'll be kind of honest with you like if i was talking to someone who a young girl who was 18 19 younger and someone who's 40 is interested in her work and trying to mentor her i would say don't do it like i don't care if he has the greatest like motivation mm-hmm. I would say like steer clear of that personally um there are great great people great mentors but I think at that age I would say like steer clear from that and mm-hmm. I also think like if someone is trying to get you alone with them <laughs> like mm. in that that sort of was like my situation where this person got me alone like that's where, you know, some really bad things can happen. So I would say to women, like, always, like, that's fine if someone's mentoring you, but, like, always be around other people. Like, mm-hmm. don't be alone, you know? And this sounds like, this sounds, like, pretty extreme, but realistically, out of all my friends, like, we've all experienced, like, this stuff. And it's not, yeah, so it's... um. I don't know. I'd probably tell them just, yeah, if anyone's trying to mentor you, like, dude, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> don't even. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. Fuck politeness and say no. 
Yeah, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, the ages that you brought up were exactly the ages uh, referenced with the Ren and Stimpy creator when yep. he groomed Katie Rice yep. and Robin Bird. Yep. So, and there's a like, hey, for you that. guys are really talented. Let uh-huh. me send you art supplies. Be my intern. Yep. And then he was sexually assaulting them. Yep. Oh, man. Guys, I'm sorry. Like, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. <laughs> But like this is essentially like what we deal with as women, whether exactly. it's getting a mentor or someone that you think will walk you home safely from a party, like yeah, you have to be on the lookout. Yeah, Kate, and like, it's not fair. Kate, like I don't know about you, but like when I worked in a shop, like if there was just one guy in the shop, I would look everywhere for what I could use as a weapon. Whenever I'm walking alone, I look mm. for weapons. Like that's my life. Like yep. that has been my life since I was a little girl. Like when you're alone, you're constantly hyper vigilant. And it's like it's exhausting. Like to be a woman. Like it's exhausting. It really is. <laughs> and like I don't think I don't think men understand that. Like my husband tries to understand, but like, you know. I I do kind of want to mention one thing that happened this week because um, I think it's really pertinent to this talk and it's um, with all this stuff coming out on Twitter. um, I follow this girl, Lauren Ash. She plays Dina on Superstore and I love her. She posted a video of this comic being interviewed by Joe Rogan and on the video I wrote, this is not okay. Um, And I wrote, what did I say? This is not okay. And I cringed during the David Cho interview. So the comic, Joey Diaz, who's like a famous comic, he retweeted for me to take a hike and that I'm a garbage person. Oh, Oh, boy. So this started literally, I had a hundred men like sending me like things in my, at my Twitter, like, I got so scared. I was carrying around like a buck knife because I was so scared. Like it was traumatic and like stuff like that happens all the time. Like, so it's just, I think, I think you guys just honestly talking about this is a huge deal because I asked another, another um, podcast if they were going to talk about this and they were like, why would we talk about this? So I think you just bringing this up is like, that gives me hope. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, well, no, I mean, well, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that that just having us talk about it is, you know, means something because I, I, I do feel, you know, and I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because it, it was something that was, you know, in the back of my mind, but I really didn't know how to, how to uh, approach it because, you know, I mean, with the exception of Kate, we're, I mean, we are a, a male driven show and, and, and we've been that way since day one and it almost felt not right to just have a bunch of guys on here talking about it. And so that's why, <laughs> you know, cause like, again, what do we know? Uh, well, you know, here's the thing with we're that just, though. We're just cavemen. <laughs> here's the thing with that. Uh, 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 no, it's, it's good for you guys to talk about it. Exactly. It's not, you can't, that's the issue. Is yeah. You guys want to, you guys want to keep it at like a distance and you don't feel like you should be talking about it, but it's, almost more important for you to talk about it because you have male listeners and you're, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, Mm -hmm. I think that's what 
the person who I contacted said, he's like, why would I talk about this? Like, I'm not a woman. It's like, no, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) You're part of the system. Like you have to, you have to get your hands a little dirty here and kind of wade in and, and, you know, at least try to talk about it, you know, like, yeah. I mean, I think that's too easy to kind of be like, ah, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. But I, I agree. Like, it's great that you're having, you know, two women on the show, too, who, like, are talking about it. But I think, um, yeah, I think this is definitely going to be more of a conversation, hopefully. Well, I hope so. And I and I hope, I mean, and, and maybe, you know, maybe it is good in a way that currently with, you know, in our, this this pandemic life we're living that, <laughs> yeah. that there are no shows going to happen. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing for the rest of the year is, is yeah, probably not. I'm, I'm sure we're not going to have an, uh, a show until 2021. So maybe it's good that, you know, that, that, that we don't have this going on and then, you know, shows because it, it's possible that, you know, the, the trolls out there would just try and reinforce bad behavior. Oh gosh. So maybe it's good to not have these, you know, these, uh, shows so people can kind of just take a breath and reevaluate the the industry and, and the, the people that they look at as, as, uh, you know, heroes, or if you're, if you're a creator, like people that you look at as mentors or peers or colleagues, and maybe, I don't know, maybe, you know, more, more people will, you know, come to real, to realize that, that people that maybe people that they think of as, like I said, a peer or a colleague, um, will think like, yeah, I've seen this person do some pretty shady things at show. Yeah. You know, maybe I should say something or maybe I should distance myself from this person because he's kind of a dick or something. Like, and that's the <laughs> thing. Like the thing is like people will listen to you. Like if, if a woman, that's the, that's the other issue. It's like, if a woman says something, it's like, Oh, like she be, she's being crazy or like she, mm. you know what I mean? Like that's the other issue. It's like, Oh, she's just being emotional. Exactly. Like that's something that I find very frustrating, but mm-hmm. like, also, I think, like, it's important for comic shows to talk about, like, comics that are made by women, too. And, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. other, you know what I mean? Not just comics that are made by, like, fucking Kirby. Like, there's other comics <laughs> in the world. Like, I yeah. don't know. And, like, that's why I started. I started an interview series, and I'm actually going to be interviewing a lot of female comic makers, Um after my, I have a really bad injury. So after that heals, I'll be able to Sean, I'm, I'm interviewing Sean too. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So like, that's kind of why I started that was because like, <clears throat> I was watching this YouTube channel and it was all guys. And I was like, Hey, are you guys going to interview any like female cartoonists? And they were like, why don't you do it? So I started doing that to get more, you know, female artists, um, out there basically. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's a positive thing. (laughs) No, absolutely. Yeah. 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 It needs more voices. I, I think sometimes we, we try to rely on some of these institutions that kind of change their voice, but sometimes you have to start like, uh, just do it on your own to change yeah. these voices. Um, I think a lot of times like, um, like for like black people in particular, you know, 
we should stop just trying to re rely on institutions that phenomenally just not been with us and just start our own and yeah. do this. Like there are plenty of um uh black comic book conventions out there now, which sadly to say Pittsburgh hasn't. Hey. There was actually someone uh that was trying to start a black comic book convention and I know he was trying he was having a bit of an uphill battle a little bit to start in Pittsburgh, even though there are plenty of other cities that actually have had like one or two of them. Some of them are in Ohio too. Really? Oh, I didn't. Oh yeah. I, I, I had no idea. Hmm. Did he say why he was having a hard time starting it? Uh, I think it was just more like capital. Got it. Okay. And yeah, it's just, sometimes you just have to start and just do your own. Like, yeah. Like mm -hmm. I, I tell the stories that I want to tell because no one else is telling those stories. Mm -hmm. And I shouldn't expect other people to be like, oh, you should tell this story. I'm like, no, I'm going to tell this story. Something I was thinking of recently is, as um, and, and this was kind of reinforced by, by Jess, um, I, I know you're, you mentioned that you're taking a break from social media for a while. Um, yes. <laughs> but which which I don't blame you at all. I I I took a, a week off a few weeks ago just because it, it was just overwhelming with yes. everything going on. But and and not only that, but you know, it, it's sometimes it's just flat out toxic and yeah. And I but I feel like as um the the good part about the 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 time that we are in now, the social media, and the fact that we are not having any shows or the fact that if you don't feel comfortable going to a show, you can still get your work out there. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly not fair to feel either, you know, unwanted or unsafe at a, at a comic con, but at least it's not like it was 20 or 30 years ago where, or longer where a comic con was the only way to get your work out there. Yeah. You know, thank goodness that, we have all these different avenues to for for people to to share their work. So if they don't want the hassle of going to a show, um, they can still express themselves and they can still get their work out there. Yeah, I just wish I could work a lot of these new sites because I'll, <laughs> I'll go to like these like these young kids will have these um these comics that are on there and I can't figure it out and I just feel so old. <laughs> <laughs> well, so aside from your um your your YouTube uh, channel, which I know you've you've done a few interviews already, and you said you're, I, I'm sorry, did you say you you're you're working on an anthology or or that's a project that you want to work on? <laughs> no, I'm working on a lot of different. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm finishing up um <clears throat> I'm finishing up a graphic memoir I've been working on for about <clears throat> 15 years um and. Yeah, that anthology, I just touched base with um, all the women who I helped co-curate the Wonder Woman exhibit at the Museum. So all those women are going to be involved and then we're going to open it up. And um, so that's another project um, that once my injury heals, which is my injury is really embarrassing. I was like painting a wall mural and I like painted too hard. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> yeah. So I like messed up my right arm really bad. So I can't edit video. I can't really, it's just a nightmare. But, um, 
yeah, so those are some things that I'll be doing, you know, in the next couple months, basically, which will be really exciting. What what comics are you into these days, or or what what, what are you reading, or what are you, especially in this in this uh, time when we're all kind of shut in? Like, what are you what, what are you what are you taking in? What are you watching, reading? You know. Um. Let's see. I've been I've been uh, rereading a lot of Mardu's comics. So this guy in stereo, um, my my witch will come. All her if um if wait ifs therapy comics are really amazing. Um. And then I just read the graphic novel. Um, oh gosh, let me hold on one sec. My cat Layla just jumped up here. Um, <laughs> we all have that problem. I'll say that's okay. Yeah. We're, we're, I have a laser pointer in my hand. <laughs> we're we're a cat friendly podcast. She hates when I'm not paying attention to her for like longer than like 20 minutes. She's like, "Let's nap, mom." <laughs> um, let me see her. Oh gosh. What else? I've been watching. Um, oh my god, so embarrassing! I've been watching uh, America's Next Top Model and <laughs> The Walking Dead for the first time. Oh wow! Okay. Which I'm like, this series to me is one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my whole entire life. You know, How'd, funny. I, oh. I, I I've seen some of your posts regarding The Walking Dead, and I it's <laughs> and I. I, I want to comment, but at the same time, like, I know that you're just, what are you like two seasons? I know. In? I'm, I'm like early on season. Yeah. Four. <laughs> oh, okay. So you, you've, you've definitely caught up since the last time I, I checked in, but I'm like, Oh my God, there's so much that has happened and will, will happen. And I'm like, I don't even know. I, I don't even know how to respond to anything. So I'm just like, Nope, I'm just going to shut it down. <laughs> Not going to say anything. It's, I mean, it's, I always thought like, I always get like, I'm always like way late to the party. I'm always like the last person there. Everyone's <laughs> like been at the party for a while, <laughs> um, but it's the, the female characters to me are just amazing. Oh, also Jim Rugg. Like I reread um, a ton of his stuff recently. Um, the plain Jane series mm. and then street angel. I love his work so much. Like mm -hmm. when I interviewed him, I, whenever I interview someone, I read all their comics all their interviews, like whatever I can get my hands on with them. So that's kind of fun. And right now I'm rereading every single thing Trina Robbins has ever written, like ever. <laughs> so I can interview her. So nice. Yeah. And then Sean, I'll be reading everything you've ever done. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be careful, Jess. Sean will talk your ear off. That's great. I love that. I'm really lonely right now. So. <laughs> I'm like used to like, I lost my job because of COVID. The shop I worked at closed down <clears throat> and I'm used to talking to people all the time. And it's like, now I'm like, you know, my husband's here, but it's like, it'd be nice to talk to other people. Too. <laughs> yeah. It's actually his birthday today. I felt like such a jerk. <laughs> I was like, sorry, hon, I'm doing this podcast. <laughs> Oh no. It's okay. We're going for, we're going to go get Thai food after this. So nice. We're just picking it up and bringing it home. But yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm reading right now and watching. You guys want to uh, talk about any, any comics for, for a few minutes or um, uh, anyone have anything they want to talk about? <laughs> it feels just like weird to lead up to what we talked about. Yeah. Here. Yeah. <laughs> I read a really fun comic today. <laughs> <laughs> what 
Well, if you have read some fun comics, I'd like to hear about them. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Give me, give me one second, because I also have to dig something up. I want to make sure I get my facts. Uh, I mean, I don't know. What did did I go over the Fantastic Four one last time, Dan? I think I. That sounds familiar. I, I think you did talk about. Or did they talk about that Green Monk one? I think you did, but well, I think you talked about Green Monk last time, but then the time before that, you mentioned some Fantastic Four books like Grim Noir and something else. Ooh. Oh, I think it just was the Grim Noir. Um, I guess, I guess I'll do this one. Hopefully, I didn't do it again. So sorry, people out in podcast world. Um, you mind if I go or? No, go ahead. Uh, this one I got. I think it was like at New Dimension. Um, I think they had like a long box sale like a couple years back. And it's called The Fantastic Fourth Voyage of Sinbad by Chris Claremont and Yell Harry. Uh, basically, it adapts a lot of like, you know, Sinbad voyages, but, you know, insert Fantastic Four. And this is like, Ooh. like, late 90s fantastic four so there's definitely like some 90 late 90 isms in there um also they don't live in the baxter building at the moment they are i think it's like pier four or the fourth pier. i don't know they're not there they're in the <laughs> warehouse because you know it's 90s and they gotta be hip like that um i've actually liked uh Barry artwork he did um years after this one he did um uh strange uh adam strange book um that i really enjoyed i think the only thing i didn't like about it was the ending because it led on to another uh mini series that i didn't care for um but yeah his artwork's kind of raw on this and chris claremont I like Chris Claremont a lot. Like, uh, I had the, like the last few years I was able to read some of his X-Men run. Um, a lot of the milestones ones, like, um, what was it Dark Phoenix Saga and, and, um, I don't know, other stuff, Days of Future Past. And I have to say it, like, I like them, but this one, he's a bit wordy sometimes, like really wordy. <laughs> And usually with like his, well, I know in a comic book, you got to have some words, but <laughs> I kind of felt like during the early 80s and late 70s, like I do like a lot of his um, Ms. Marvel run, too. And this one's like, eh, OK. Uh, but overall, I did enjoy the story. I do like a lot of the creatures in there. I do like how he writes Ben Grimm. Usually. I usually know it's a good Fantastic Four story if they can write a good Ben Grimm because he's one of my particular favorites. And, uh, and yeah, he, they did a pretty good Ben Grimm here. So I do like that. That's it. I, I guess if you want to pick it up, find it somewhere. Yeah, it's a, you said it was from the 90s, so it's diving some long boxes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they make it seem like it's its own thing, but I kind of have a feeling that this was probably part of, like, a run 
or like, you know, Fantastic Four 553 or something like that. But in this one, they just reprinted it. Unfortunately, oh, the copy. Uh, what? I said, I, I got you. It was a reprint as of a single issue or a. I'd assume, I'd assume it's, it's not its own thing. I kind of feel like it was part of the run. Also, they kind of messed up on the reprint of this because there's definitely a double page spread. <gasps> so when you read it, you're kind of like, what are they talking about with this page? And then like you flip <laughs> the page and like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so other than that, colors are nice. It's by Liquid. If everyone remembers Liquid from the old uh, Cliffhanger comics. Yeah, he did, like, Battle Chasers, and I think he did a lot of the Joe Maduro run. I only remember him because he was, like, a fixation in my in my teenage years, so he was always on those type of books. Very uh, manga or, like, anime coloring. Like, you know, you got to see, like, the different chunks of color and glow, and you're just like, ugh. Like, nowadays, I look back and I'm like, oh, man, why did I like that stuff? <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> but back then, I was like, man, this is super cool. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is great. As my my friend, uh, the comic book artist, be like, oh, this is trash. This is all trash. He's like 10, he's like 10 years young, older than me. And we... Uh, me and a friend of mine would go over his house. Uh, he used to teach his comic books, and I remember him like looking at these comics and like, oh, this is trash. What the heck? Mm-hmm. You need to get some good stuff, like Swamp Thing and <laughs> this and this and this. And I'm like, well, I like it. But you know. <laughs> I'm done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, there wasn't much else. We were just misspent youth hanging out with like a <laughs> a comic artist. Although we didn't know he smoked pot until like we turned eighteen. And he said, hey guys, you want to smoke some pot? And we're like, okay, it's did weird. Did he just smell like candles all the time? <laughs> <laughs> he kind of did. He kind of like had a, like incense. <laughs> and you know, he was just he, but he was the cool guy in my in my hometown. Because everyone else, like all the adults I knew, were like these straight lace stuff. Like even my cool art teacher, uh, that I still talk to to this day from time to time. You know, <gasps> that's awesome. Super, oh yeah, like I've known him. Well, he's known me since well, like the seventh grade. That's awesome. Um, and I try to keep in contact with them through Facebook, but um, you know, life and times and all that rot. Um to run into my comic book friend, you know, he was like totally different. He was like, he had a big old goatee and long hair and like he fit nineties grunge. He did a lot of the (laughs) underground books of the times too. Um, some for Boneyard press and, uh, I think it was serious at the time. Another one, like he did poison elves. Um, and, uh, I remember the first time I got a class from him, I told him, or he he asked me if, like, uh, do you like Star Wars? And at that time, you know, I saw Star Wars, but I wasn't, like, in love with it. Like, I was more of an Indiana Jones fan. And um, 
he, I was like, eh, I don't see the big deal of it. And he just like, get out. <laughs> okay. Funny enough, I didn't see him for like another year and a half because I thought I had like insulted him because oh, <laughs> I wasn't a Star Wars fan. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, I still, I mean, I still like Star Wars, but I mean, I'm always waiting for the next Indiana Jones movie. To tell you the truth. So. Can I ask you a quick question? Do you guys, um, do you guys like the Sweet Tooth comic? Sweet Tooth. Um, I'm familiar with it, but I have not read it yet. That's Jeff Same. Lemire, and yeah. I can't remember yeah. the artist's name. I've I've only read. Well, he he was also the artist. Oh, was he? oh, that's right. That's right. Um, it's one of my favorites, and it's they're turning it into a Netflix series, which I'm like, I did hear about that. Yeah, I'm yeah. dying. I cannot fucking <laughs> wait. Like, I want it to be here today. <laughs> yeah, I've only read the first trade, but I'm I'm, I'm interested to oh, so to keep good. going. Yeah. Oh. How long did it go? Like, like oh. was it like four trades worth or something? I feel like it was a a, a, a pretty decent run, but not like really long. Yeah. Uh, Oh, go ahead. <laughs> you, might, you might know more than me. I'm just guessing. I, I feel as if I saw it in stores for like at least two to three years. Yeah, it's I I have like two two of the books, and then um, actually I was dating someone at the time who had all the singles, and he let me borrow them, and then we broke up, and I kept them all. <laughs> and, I, nice. and I was like, I was like, f you, I'm keeping these. <laughs> I'm, I'm keeping your comics too. <laughs> It actually like yeah, it's kind of funny because I have them all and I'm just like hey, hey, hey. <laughs> but um yeah, it's it's really amazing. It's one of my fa- it's like one of my all time favorites. Uh, but mm-hmm. I was just curious if you guys had read it or if you heard about the that they're making a show like Robert Downey Jr. is um, producing it apparently. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The one that I was always interested in, but never actually got around to reading. And then as soon as I saw that it was being turned into a show, I know that reading the source material is probably great, but just like with iZombie that I eyed every time I saw it and never actually read it, let's just hope I enjoy the show. <laughs> I can let you borrow. I can let you borrow mine too if you'd like. Aww. Let me know. Like I can totally um, let you borrow them because they're just here, sitting here, and I read them all. So that'd be awesome. Yeah, hell yeah. I can let you borrow any, but I feel like. <laughs> I love lending people books because it's like, I don't know. It's just nice. It's like you have them yeah. and it's, it just feels good to be able to like have other people enjoy them and not just like mm-hmm. sit on your shelf forever, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's why I own everything I own is just to give to other people. It's not for me. <laughs> it's, it's just like, Hey, do you see a cool movie I have that I really like here? Watch it. Then we can talk about it later. And honestly, when I say <laughs> borrow, what I basically mean is like, I know I'm never getting it back. <laughs> <laughs> Like if I want it again, I'll just like rebuy it. <laughs> Keep paying it forward. Yeah. Keep traveling. Well, well, Jess, next time we have a um, next time we organize a comic swap, you'll have to come. <gasps> what? What are you talking no. about? What? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yes, I'll be, I'll be there. That'd be amazing. I have a lot of good shit. I have mostly like indie stuff though. Well, that's like, cool. Okay. Like I. But no, there's no there's no pre- okay. prerequisite for coming. I mean we. Usually I'll, I'll I'll just put it out there and whoever wants to show up to wherever we're having it and bring whatever they want to. The, the the understanding is if you're bringing something, you're bringing it to give away. Like, totally. You can't be like, <laughs> oh, 
I brought this, but I, but I don't want to give this away. Like everything has got to be stuff that you want to trade to someone else. And you're like, hey, look at this first edition with the signature. Uh, uh-uh, no one's getting it. <laughs> right. Um. Well, it's funny because because uh, some some guy when the, the last when we had one last year, it was at Blackford's Coffee House in mm-hmm. in Allentown. Oh, I love that place. And this this guy showed up, and he was a really nice guy, and he brought in like a short box. And I'm, he kind of came later. So, you know, it was like one of those things, like when someone new shows up with their comics, like everyone pounces on it because it's like, Ooh, new stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm flipping through his, uh, I was, I was closest to when he got there. So I'm like, all right, I'm, I, I got first dibs on his stuff. And, um, he, I'm, I'm flipping through it and I'm like, holy crap. There's like a whole, whole run of, uh, paper girls in here starting with issue one. And um, I think at that time, like maybe a week or two before, I think they announced Paper Girls was like, like picked up, like or was um, like in in development or something. And that wasn't why I wanted it. I just wanted to read it. But but of course, because Paper Girls is like now in development for a, mm-hmm. a, a series, the issues are now worth more. That's and, awesome. <laughs> and he must have forgotten that they were in this box because. I'm flipping through it and I'm starting to pull them out. And he's like, I'm really sorry. I forgot to take these out. And I'm like, I was like, it's totally cool. Go ahead. But he was like, but, but he's like, but everything else, everything else that's in there is it, it's fair game. I just, I, I didn't want to give these away. I'm like, all right, man, it's cool. That sounds like a toddler with their toys. <laughs> like, I like, Oh, I'm not playing with that toy, but someone else is playing with it. And they're just like, that's my toy now. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, that kind of happened to me at a swap where I brought like the Grant Morrison action comics. Number one, it was like a a variant cover or something. I didn't even realize it. And it was just in there. I was like, whatever. I didn't really like the run here. Somebody take this. And then, uh, somebody told me, they were like, yo, this is a variant and it's like worth like $20 on eBay. You should just keep it. I was like, oh shit, Ooh. thank you. I like $20. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> well, um, we had uh, a swap. This was, do you guys remember when, when we had the swap at my, in my basement at Regent Square? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, I forget who, I don't think it was any of you guys, but like there were a couple other people that showed up that brought stuff, but, um, and I think this might have been before it was a series, but he had a uh, alias number one in his oh. box, and I just I'm like, oh, I just I I haven't or like I haven't read this in a long time or whatever. I so I grabbed it, and and like six months later, it's like Jessica Jones is coming to Netflix, and I'm like, ching, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep, you never that you never know, yeah. So, oh, Link, did you find what you were looking for? Yeah, I did, I did find what I was looking for. I'll, I'll, Kate might even chime in a little bit on this since she read the first issue. And we talked about it before on the show, but I, I read the third issue of um, Amethyst. At, since we were speaking of um, female creators, I figured this is a good time to bring it up since uh, the art and the story is done by Amy Reader, and I think the colors are by uh, Marissa Louise. Um, it's really cool. It's, it's the same you know, story that was going on before where, where uh, the, the, the backstory of Amethyst is that she was raised on Earth, but she she's from Gemworld. Um, and then on, like, her 18th birthday, she has to go back to Gemworld to rule it. And then she gets there, Ooh. and, like, nobody's there. She has no clue what's going on, like, where anybody's at. And as you go through the story, um, she's going to all the various 
gem kingdoms and they're like, yeah, no, you guys suck. We're not going to help you find your, your missing people. We don't like the Amethyst Kingdom. Um, and as it goes on, you find out that, oh, the, the evil Lord Opal um, has her parents and the rest of her kingdom like imprisoned. And so she's kind of like going on a quest and gathering up random people from different kingdoms to like save her, save her people. Um, and it's got like a really cool um, Shira princesses of power vibe to it yes, all. Yes, definitely. Like, it's really cool. I'm getting um, this. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely get it. Sold. <laughs> it's, it's part of DC's wonder comics imprint, which was like sort of their like young hip thing that Bendis was working on to like appeal to the young adults, I guess. Yeah. But it, it, I'm 35 and it totally appeals to me. <laughs> it is in my wheelhouse. Yeah. I remember um, I, I read the first issue and, and I, I honestly, I forgot that it was still coming out because, and I, I think that it came out right before COVID. I was going to say that so. I, I lost track of so many books that I was reading prior to COVID and now things are kind of like, like the, the gears are turning again with comics coming out and I'm like, Oh crap. What, the, what did I leave off on? You know? Yeah. I think it's only like a six issue series. So it feels like it actually probably would have been wrapping up this month if it, if the schedule was maintained, but yeah. So either way, I mean, it, it's a short run. Um, you can probably just pick it up in a trade if, if you don't want to uh, risk going to comic shops in this tumultuous time here. Yeah, I want to go to Copacetic so bad, but I'm, like, nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I probably will go at some point, but just not not when the numbers are going up so much right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I stopped in a couple weeks ago at New Dimension down at the waterfront to just to – literally, they were holding one one issue for me. and I, I So I didn't really shop around, but I was able to go up to the counter and – it was it, it was encouraging because everyone was masked. They had the, oh, nice. they had the plexiglass. They had think they had spaces oh. taped like everything was taped off, like where you were supposed to stand, and yep. so and, and they had all their like their gaming tables. Everything was like blocked off. Like it was very wow. it was understood that like you cannot congregate here. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's you know it's 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 encouraging when you see businesses doing That's that, great. and um. Yeah. And I, I don't know if, um, how many people saw it like last night. Like my, my wife put this on Facebook because we were in Monroeville getting um, some Chinese takeout and there's an exchange right next door. And I had about 15, 20 minutes to kill. My wife decided to wait in the car. So I'm like, I'm going to go over to the exchange and just walk around. And I didn't know this because I think I was in the back of the store when this happened. But she told me that this like group of people, this family or something, tried to go in and immediately came right back out because none of them were wearing masks. Oh, mm-hmm. and they, whoever, like the people that work there are like, oh. no, you can't. And I guess they were like, they were pissed, but they, they, they got kicked, kicked out basically. Or they were like, you can't, you come back in with a mask or don't. Come wow. So it's, uh, you know, un- unfortunately I think like that's almost the exception more than the rule. You know, you see more people not mm-hmm. wearing masks than, sometimes but yeah i have quite a few uh bus drivers on port authority buses are not wearing masks and that sends a signal to passengers that's messed up you don't have to wear masks but then yesterday i actually did ride the bus and the bus driver had her mask on 
and everyone who got on the bus that didn't have a mask or was wearing it incorrectly, she like either made them fix it or put one on before they continued. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Wow. I know back in May when we were picking up school lunches at our local church, and I saw a couple people that was handing out food that didn't have uh, masks on. I was like, what uh, the hell is this? And this uh, is like kid school food. Seriously? Like, <laughs> my kid was like, well, why don't they have masks? And I'm like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, why Those do I have to wear one? Because you have to. <laughs> Maybe. That's frustrating. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, the times well, we live in. Too, yeah, right? yeah, so we're living in some weird ass times. <laughs> yeah, for real. I'm, I'm. I think I've said this before, but I'm looking forward to, you know, five or ten years from now when I can be, when I can literally look back and laugh. I'm like, man, that was some crazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I hear. As that. you try to get a thing of gas with a sawed-off shotgun. That's right. Gotta yeah. buy your clean oxygen. As I'm as, as I'm as I'm adjusting my my spiked football pads. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's the thing though. The the Walking Dead like shows you what you like what yeah. you need to do. Yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> like I feel like I'm learning what I need to do if like something. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's it's not it's not a reality show. It's okay. <laughs> Just, you know. I don't know. I'm taking a lot of pointers from it. It's it's not Doomsday Preppers. <laughs> Like the biggest villain in any like zombie show or movie isn't the zombies, it's the people, and like we're really learning that (laughs) humanity as a whole. Like, yeah, Americans are a bunch of assholes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. I always, I always think back. I don't know if you guys ever saw the, the, uh, the twenty eight day, twenty eight days later sequel, (gasps) twenty eight months later, where like everything is like, like oh, you know what, um, everything is great. Let's reopen London. Yeah, and it's like, and as soon as they do that, you're like, oh man, that's it. You're all, you're all yeah, dead. You mistake. Yeah, that's that's what I keep thinking about. You know, like, oh, let's let's reopen everything. Like, <laughs> y- y'all are gonna die. Yeah, that's why I thought when they started reopening those southern states, or like some of those other states, and I was like, man, you guys. Oh, you mean the ones cool. that are shutting down again? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. right. Mm-hmm. The, uh, Florida oh, yeah. and Texas, we knew that was coming. Yeah, you, you're like, oh, you mean the ones that are now being labeled hot spots? Yes. <laughs> like as soon as I saw Florida go up, I kind of was thinking about that Bugs Bunny cartoon where he he takes the saw and shots down <laughs> Florida. Oh, I wish. <laughs> oh my god, so much. Oh, Disney World and the rest can go away. Are, <laughs> wait, are sawed shotguns better than regular shotguns? They're cooler. Yeah, they're cooler. <laughs> well, I think they, you, I think they scatter more. Oh, yeah, like if more. you okay. saw, like the way it goes, like I'm not a gun person. Well, I this, don't this conversation a took a turn. Shotguns better than regular shotguns. <laughs> well, no, well, I'm just I, curious because you keep mentioning sawed-off shotguns, so I'm like, what are they like better? <laughs> no, they're just scatter guns, or at least that's oh, what I've been okay. told that they scatter. Got so. it. Yeah, I think they're better in like a short, like a short range. Yeah, yeah, I think it's better. They're better in a short range situation. Got it. Okay. Like if you're a like if you're if you're like a liquor store clerk and you have a sawed-off shotgun behind your counter. But aren't they aren't they illegal to do that? Yes. Yes. Oh, it's definitely illegal. That's also why they're cooler, apparently. Yeah. (laughs) It's for the outlaws. 
Hey man, Desperado had one. <laughs> Antonio Banderas. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah. Oh That's my gosh. Movie. Ooh, I gotta write that down. That's a great I, movie. I need to rewatch that. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great movie. And the sequel was good too. Yeah. Which in turn actually Desperado was a sequel. Right, yeah, El, El Mariachi was the was the technically the first movie, and Desperado was sort of like a, a like a a, a remake slash sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. El, El Mariachi was pretty good too, but it was definitely like the the little to no budget movie that he did. But but hey, got him on the map, you know. He mm-hmm. yeah. he definitely. Yeah, I remember the first time I saw Desperado, man, it blew me away. Yeah, yeah like such a fun movie. Yeah, I was gonna. Well, I guess I can mention this comic real quick. It just seems weird. Like now, I'm like, we're, we, <laughs> we're we went from all over the place. Yeah, we're like sawed off shotguns. Uh, and, uh, you guys should have been prepared that I'm your guest. That that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> well, we'll know better for next time. You guys know me well enough to know that it's not <laughs> gonna be a straight line. <laughs> Well, just because uh, someone mentioned uh, Texas, it got me thinking. Um, I, re- I read this book. It just came out last week I th- or two weeks ago. I think it was called uh, That Texas Blood from Image. And it's really interesting. It's 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 a really cool first issue. If anybody wants to check it out, it's Ooh. kind of um, it, it focuses on this uh, small town sheriff who it's the oddest um, leading character because he's literally, he's basically an old man in the, in the opening pages, he reveals that he just turned 70 and he's, he's the sheriff of this small town. And it's a very, the whole issue is this very slow burn. Like literally nothing happens. It's just kind of like a day in the life of this sheriff. Like he's, he's patrolling. It's his birthday. He's got a, he's got to pick up his, like, um, his wife lent a neighbor like um, a baking dish that he has to pick up for her. And um, he, he responds to a, like a domestic, but it's like, you know, but it's it's this small town where everyone knows each other and it's like, well, it's so-and-so's in the, in the booze again. And, you know, it's just like very kind of almost mundane, but then um, there's like a kind of a twist at the very end and you're still not really sure if this is like a straight up kind of like a, if it's going to be more of like a kind of a crime drama or if it's like a crime drama with a, like a slight, a very slight supernatural twist. Cause at one point he has a nightmare and, and it, it feels like there's some sort of otherworldly thing going on, but the, it, it, the whole issue raises more questions than it answers for the first issue, but it's really good. And interestingly, the the artist is Jacob Phillips, who is um, you guys know are familiar with. I don't know if the the um, Sean Phillips, the artist Sean Phillips, oh, yeah. works mm-hmm. with Ed Brubaker. Um, it's his son. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Jacob Jacob Phillips is normally he's a colorist. He's he's a colorist on all the criminal books and and other projects that Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips works on. Um, but he's a he's a very good artist. I mean, you could tell that he his style is very reminiscent of his dad's, but it's it's not it, it's a little bit of a softer line. It's a little like it's a little rougher around the edges. Whereas like Sean Phillips is very almost kind of angular with a lot of his um, 
his figure drawing. Um, Jacob is, seems a little more, this has like a kind of an indie vibe to it, but it's, it's really good. I, it was his, his figure drawing and I mean, everything, this kid is like, if he's doing this now, I think he, he's very young, relatively speaking. I, I mean, he maybe is in his early twenties, if that, Oh my gosh. but it's like, if he's this good now, like, first of all, I hate him, <laughs> but second of all, I can't wait to see like how this kid's going to develop uh, mm-hmm. as he gets older. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I would definitely, um, I would, I would definitely check it out. Yeah. Jacob did some of the, um, and Kate might correct me if I'm wrong here. He did draw some of the backup stuff. Like when they had their articles in the back of some things, like he would do like the art for the, that sounds the piece. Correct. Which, so he, I think he was, you know, uh, getting some work in early on doing the art, art side of things as opposed to just coloring. Okay. Um, even in those books, like um, um blanking on the, the Hollywood one. Oh, the fade, the fade out. Fade out, yes. Yes. Yeah, he did a lot of stuff for the fade out, like in the backup material. Yeah. Okay. Well, see, so, yeah, I, I did not, I, I didn't know that he was even a, a part of that their team. So I'm now, so now I want to go back and kind of look at those projects again and see what else he's done because mm-hmm. you know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm reading this book and I'm like, man, who is this guy? Jacob Phillips. I'm like, Oh, is he related to, Sh-? because it's it, there, there's, they mentioned Sean Phillips did an, like a variant cover for the first issue. And I'm like, well, this can't be, this can't be a coincidence. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I started looking him up and I'm like, son of a bitch. He's, he's Sean Phillips son. And he is just as talented as, as his old man. So, mm-hmm. um, but aside from the art, um, this is a really well-written book. It's by, um, an, I've not heard of this guy before, Chris Condon. So I think this might be his first work, but um, this is a good team. um, And it's something I would, it's a real, like I said, it's a really interesting protagonist. It's, it's not something you normally see like a, basically an elderly, (laughs) you know, like, like the, I mean, I mean, he's 70 years old. You'd think, man, this guy should be retired, but you know, clearly being a sheriff is probably something that's, you know, it's in his blood and he's probably going to be sheriff till the day he dies type of thing. Um, so yeah, uh, that Texas blood number one, uh, just came out. So it should be easy to find. Sold. I would definitely, (laughs) definitely recommend it. Wow. That sounds great. Jess, tell, tell everyone where they can, I, I know you said you're taking time off from social media, but where else can people find, find your stuff? Um, so you can just go to jessicaheberly.com. It's um, H-E-B-E-R-L-E, so jessicaheberly.com. I still, I'm in the process of changing my last name. It's, it's, a, lo- it's a lot of work. <laughs> I, that's what, that's, I, I, my, my wife, she, yeah, I, I feel bad. Like everything she went through to get her, her name changed, it sounded like, I'm like, oh my God, I, I feel bad for marrying you. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I didn't make Blake do it too. Yeah, it's, it was much easier. <laughs> it's a pain in the butt, and I just I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to do it. I just um yeah, I'm dragging my feet, but but it's kind of odd because you go to my website and then it says Jessica Pena, so it's a little confusing. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the name. Like now, I'll be going by Jessica Pena. Um, okay. And is there? Oh, and I, I see. Okay, I'm, I'm on your site right now, and there's a link for your YouTube channel and everything else you're working on. So that's yeah, yeah. There's awesome. t- there's tons of stuff on there. Like, um, 
things. Yeah. Hopefully the book, once my injury heals, will be out sooner than later. Um, I'm hoping to have it out by like at least like winter at this point. Cause I'm mm-hmm. now with this injury, I'm really behind. So, but hopefully. Well, whenever, you know, whenever you're finished or close to finishing, let us know. We'll have you back on to talk about it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. This was yeah. like really, this made my day. Like it was really nice talking to you guys. Oh yeah. Well, we appreciate it. Well, thank you for, for being on and, and talking. We, we appreciate your time yeah. and, uh, and everything that you're, you know, you're working on and everything that, uh, that, you know, you've, you've, uh, worked through and, and, uh, and all this time. So, um, so that's going to be it for this episode of the comic book pit. I'm Dan. And with me, we've got Sean. Yeah. Kate. Bye. Link. See you everybody. And once again, thanks to our special guest, Jessica Pena. Bye, guys. (laughs) Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.